Pete Callender here, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I actually need to, need to change that up. People are going to start thinking my name is Pete Callender here. Right? I say it a lot. Pete Callender here. Hey, it's Pete Callender. Howdy, Pete Callender. There we go. Uh, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, a couple quick emails uh, to wrap up the last hour's art discussion. John from New Jersey, who is an artiste, I will say. He is an artist. I've actually purchased some of his some of his wares. Uh, he started listening to this show when I was on 9 to midnight. I know. That's how long ago it was. And um, and so he would catch BT on the bounce up in New Jersey. And, um, and he does amazing woodworking uh, stuff. Anyway, uh, he says, I would be so scared to do public art. Once you have to over-explain, it's time to put it in the dumpster. That is, that is the truth. And John says, Pete, if you cannot see the beauty of this MLK statue or sculpture in Boston Common, then obviously you are not sophisticated and cannot appreciate the obvious symbolism it represents. Speaking of modern art in general, my rule of thumb is, if I can do it, it must not be art. That is a good rule of thumb. All righty, so... Uh, I was just kidding the other day. I was just joking around. I was having some laughs about, like, me finding all of the documents, you know. I I did not know that they would find more documents in more locations. I, I was not – I have no inside knowledge on this. I'm, I promise you. Biden did not tell me, neither Joe nor Hunter told me where this stuff was or to expect more. I did not know. But lo and behold – We got more, more classified documents from the Obama administration now found in President Joe Biden's Delaware residence this week. In addition to the two batches that were previously disclosed, they found some more. White House lawyer Richard Sauber uh, uncovered the newest documents on Thursday in a box initially discovered by the president's personal lawyers on Wednesday. See, so this is. So this is like, uh, this is in the room that's next to the garage. That's his study. It's Joe Biden's study right next to the garage, which is, that has top secret security. Like that has, that is so, that is so secure because he has a Corvette in there. He's got a cherry vintage Corvette in there. And so, you know, he's going to take that seriously. He's going to protect that even uh, with security protocols above and beyond top secret Special access, like above and beyond that. And the room right next door is his study. And that's where his personal lawyer found another document. And when the lawyer found the document, he was like, ah. And then he said, uh, call up the National Archive people and DOJ. And they like swooped on in, not in any kind of a raid sort of way. Don't get me wrong. They just, you know, they showed up like, hey, could we come in? Yes, you can. Oh, great. Come on in. And so in that box where the personal lawyer found the single document and went, eh, and then called the DOJ. Now they found more documents underneath that document. So it was part of a, another batch. So the first lawyer just saw the top of a stack, right? So the president's personal attorneys discovered one document with a classified marking consisting of one page in a room adjacent to the garage. And at that point, The president's personal attorneys stopped searching the immediate area where the document was found. 
He said he reviewed the box further on Thursday, found five more documents with classification markings, and immediately transferred them to the Justice Department officials. Quote, because I have a security clearance, I went to Wilmington Thursday evening to facilitate providing the document the president's personal counsel found on Wednesday to the Justice Department. That's according to Sauber, who is not the personal attorney, as I understand it. Right? He's the White House lawyer. He represents the building. And no, I'm kidding. But he's the White House attorney. So the personal attorney, I guess, does not have the top secret clearance. So they sent Sauber. While I was transferring it to the DOJ officials who accompanied me, five additional pages with classification markings were discovered among the material with it for a total of six pages. The DOJ officials with me immediately took possession of them. So that's where it stands. We've got more documents. And so, of course, everybody is now trying to game out the political ramifications. We've got a special counsel and um, Merrick Garland kind of had to do that. But here's the problem. A special counsel, they could go far afield. We don't know. But also, it gives the White House the ability to not say anything. We're going to get into that uh, a little bit more here. Let me get to Bob. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Good. The question, the question I have is, what precipitated this entire thing? It almost sounds like they had advance notice that uh, somebody higher up was looking or in looking for these documents, and once found, why didn't they just discard them? Uh, well, you can't just discard them. They're it's top secret. They're you know classified documents. All right, Bob. Uh, thank you. Um, all right, so I think all right, Bob's Bob raises a critical point though. What precipitated it? He says, right? What started this all off? And this is what Byron York talked about at the Washington Examiner. I saw where he says that the Biden document story, or GarageGate, I guess we're calling it. Are we calling it that? I want to call it that. I like it. Okay, GarageGate it is. So, the Biden documents in GarageGate, this story starts in the middle. Right? We're we're starting this story. We learn of this story in the middle of the story. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. We don't know how it started. How did the classified documents end up in the former vice president's possession? Right. How did that happen? You've heard by now, I'm sure. Right. The president can mark things declassified. He can he can declassify pieces of information and documents and whatever. Vice presidents don't get to do that. So how did he how how did he come to have this these documents? First off, second off, how did they make their way to these residences? How did they get there? Because, again, my understanding with this type of information, you got to go into a SCIF, which SCIF, which I forget what it stands for, but essentially it's like a, it's like a room where you can't take your phone in. It's a secure location. You go in there, you like, you look at the documents, and then you can't leave unless you're Sandy Berger and you're trying to stuff them down your pants. But that's the that's the rule. Like you can't take this stuff out of there. You can't make copies of it. Nothing. You can go in there. You can look at it, and that's it. So, how did that get out of the SCIF? How did these documents get out of the skiff? How did they end up in different locations? And then 
What prompted the initial search? How did they come across these documents? Who came across the documents? With, or so they were saying they were packing them up, right? They were packing them up in the office in D.C. And they figured it or they found out, they saw the document, the lawyer did, saw the documents in the office with the candlestick. No, I'm kidding. But uh, they saw the documents in that office as they were boxing stuff up to leave. And they saw them when? November 2nd, right before the election. And then everything has been a slow roll since. Why? Byron York writing at Washington Examiner, the big problem with the Joe Biden document story. The biggest problem, we only know what Joe Biden's lawyers have told us. And the appointment of a special counsel to investigate the case will make the problem worse. His vice presidency ended on January 20th, 2017. And he began using the Penn Biden office in mid 2017. Right. So what happened in those five months? Who was boxing stuff up? Who was taking stuff along? Who went into a skiff and took the documents? He became president on January 20th, 2021 with the Oval Office and plenty of workspace right downstairs. He now no longer needed the Ben, uh, the Penn Biden office. So why was it not until November 2nd, 2022, that his lawyers were emptying the old office? Maybe they were using, you know, the rent in order to launder money like Hunter Biden was doing with his dad's his dad's house. Like that's have you seen this on the form that Hunter Biden filled out? I believe it was for his gun permit or or his uh, the purchase. I guess he had filled out some document and he said that he was paying somewhere in the neighborhood of like forty nine thousand dollars to his father for rent at their Delaware home. The very home where these documents have been found, by the way, $49,000 a month, forty nine grand a month. He's paying his dad in rent. Does that sound believable to you? Or does it sound like that money was being used to pay dad back for something or to pay dad for something? No. Does to me, you don't. I don't care how nice that house is. It's not $49,000 a month. There's no way. And it's your dad's house. It's this your family house. And he's not using it. I mean, except like every single weekend. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're, they're splitting half their time at Rehoboth Beach. As well. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Email from Jay. To Pete at the Pete Show.com. Pete, we joked in the Navy that if something was classified top secret, that meant it was so the public would never see it. We assumed the Russians already knew. Good one, Jay. Yellow Mark, welcome to the program. How are you? Just fine, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's up? Uh, well, I just wanted to make a comment about the, the apparent way the investigation on these documents is being handled. Um, I am a 28-year veteran with uh, a local police department, um, detective sergeant over major case, and also in the evidence section for about 10 years. And I wonder why these documents are not being handled in a professional way. In other words, if you seize a document, documentary evidence, it should be placed in a special evidence bag designed for documents. Mm -hmm. It should be sealed, marked, dated, and then 
After that, you would expose it to a chemical called ninhydrin that will reveal any fingerprints that were left on the document by a handler. And also, you could uh, examine it for what's called touch DNA. Uh, now, then you would have to examine or get court orders for the family of Joe Biden, uh, the housekeepers, anybody around any of those areas, and then compare the DNA. And if if the two match, then that means a housekeeper touched that document or Hunter Biden touched that document. But it doesn't seem like that the the invest the DOJ is handling this in a just you know a law enforcement one hundred and one method. So. Uh, let me ask, because I was a uh, long time ago, we got burglarized and uh, kind of got a little bit of a uh, reality check on how little fingerprints actually uh, can be uh, uh, can, can be taken, can be found. Like the like, you have this idea. I did had this idea. Oh, hey, they touched this. They touched that. And they were like, yeah, no, nothing there, nothing there. So there, it, it was it, it seemed to me at the time and this was probably 15 years ago. It seemed to me at the time that fingerprints, not really a great way because it was also cold. And so they said, hey, look, if you got burglarized in the summer, they probably would have left better fingerprints because the oil's on the hands and stuff in the summer versus the winter. It's drier, whatever. So how good are fingerprint removal or retrieval? How good is that off of paper, off of documents? Is that pretty solid? Well, the technology has improved. And, um, you only have to have eight or ten points on the fingerprint to, to make a, a fingerprint classification to compare it to another known sample. So, you know, the the science has improved, and especially in the DNA uh, field. Yeah. Before you could find a bone, 15 or 20 years ago, when I first started policing in Charlotte in 1974, you know, we didn't even have DNA. And if you had a bone back then and kept it in the evidence room, even today – it may have degraded to the point where you can't get DNA out of it. But the issue now is with the modern technology, uh, you know, theoretically, each cell has DNA. Right. Touch DNA would be skin cells. Uh, or all from the body would have the DNA characteristics. So really, it just doesn't sound like to me they're doing a very good job of maintaining the chain of custody and protecting the documents and seizing them in the way they should seize them. It just doesn't seem professional. So do you know, because I have not seen anything regarding the chain of custody or how they're, how they're collecting them. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, have you seen how they're actually handling them? Have you seen any reports well, on that? Well, I have not, but I did see the way they handled the documents down at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Somebody had placed them on the floor to take pictures of them. And when that document is laid on the floor, I mean, even if a person wore gloves, there could be DNA from a third party or fourth party on the floor mm. that contacted the document. That's just sloppy, sloppy method. Defense, yeah, defense. Well, I guess the defense attorneys could have a field day with it, absolutely, but it may be different because they're they already know that they were arguing over the do, uh, over the documents, right? They were in a protracted legal battle, basically. Nobody was denying that the documents were there; they were just arguing whether they should be there or not, right? Versus here in the Biden case, where supposedly he didn't even know they were there, but. If, like you say, we do some analysis and we find fingerprints all over it, we're, we're going to have a pretty good idea who brought them there. So it seemed so maybe that's why, because like 
yeah, like you said, I mean, throwing them on the floor like that creates a whole mess of problems. Yeah, and and again, I, I have no evidence that right. they didn't follow the correct methods. But from the news reports, it just didn't sound like they call. You know, if archives is collecting them, I think the law enforcement uh, agency that actually is going to process the documents needs to be the one first picking them up with gloves and a mask and. Uh, even tongs and placing them in an evidence bag, you know. So I don't know whether archives does that or not. Right, and I saw that the in, at least in this last batch that they found that was turned over to the DOJ. That was there with the the White House Counsel. So it, it seems like that at least there was a better chance of that happening with the last batch that they found. I don't know if the previous batches. These really good points. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big difference if, on the one hand, with Trump, we know that Trump has them, so we would expect his fingerprints to be all over him. We would expect, um, well, I don't know who else is to be over him, but we could find out. Like you said, we could find out if somebody who doesn't have top-secret clearance has touched him. That would be indicting. Uh, That would be damning. But in in the Biden case, uh, like, Biden says he was surprised by it. So, okay, well, then whose fingerprints are on there? Yeah, and well, again, that's just a comment that I hope they're doing it correctly, and and we may never know. Yeah, we may never know the processing they they uh, try to do on the documents. You know, we don't know. No, it's a great point. It's a great uh, insight. I, I did not even consider it, Mark. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Sure. All right. Take care. Thank you for your service as well. Um, that's a. I mean, that's. Yeah, like if it, because that's a key distinction. I haven't seen anybody making these distinctions. Like, hey, you know. They were arguing over these documents, so everybody assumes Trump's got them. And I don't know, maybe he's letting other people handle them. That would be a problem. But if he says he declassified them, then that's a different argument. But meanwhile, with the Biden stuff, he's saying, I was surprised. I don't know they were there. And that means if his fingerprints are on it, then that means he did see them. And if it's only his fingerprints on him, then he's the only one who saw them. And he's the only one that brought them. But if you corrupted the crime scene... Oh, what a mess. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Just got a message here. You're looking to get rid of old electronics? Uh, Northwood Office has partnered with Goodwill to host a donation drive uh, specifically for outdated or unused electronics. Uh, The Ballantine Electronics Donation Drive, January 19th, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. It is at uh, the Simmons Building parking lot, 13840 Ballantine Corporate Place. In case you are looking to get rid of some unused electronics, just... Make sure you wipe them clean if it's like a smartphone or something. Okay. All right, so the biggest problem with the document story for the uh, garage gate, Joe Biden documents, is this. We only know what the lawyers have told us and that the story starts in the middle. Byron York at the Washington Examiner walks through the chronology and he says, why, why was it? November 2nd, 2022, that his lawyer started emptying the old office. He had been in he had been in the White House for almost two years at that point, right? 
And and why does it take a team of lawyers to clear out an office? A lot of people just use movers. Right? Why are his lawyers going through the office? It's kind of weird. The documents were discovered when the president's personal attorneys were packing files. Why were they doing it at that moment? Why were the lawyers packing files at that moment? Beware when the narrative starts in the middle, says Jason Foster, a former longtime investigative counsel in the Senate and now head of Empower Oversight. Quote, it may mean someone doesn't want you to know how it began. And indeed, the Biden document story starts in the middle. We don't know how it began. How did the classified documents end up in the former vice president's possession? We don't know. Right? The Penn-Biden Center discovery occurred November 2nd. The White House lawyer, Richard Sauber, said the search of the Delaware houses was completed Wednesday night. Wednesday, January 11th. Why did Biden's lawyers wait so long to search the houses? If you found this stuff on November 2nd, 2022, why did it take so long for these same lawyers to then go search the houses? The documents in the Wilmington house could present another problem for Joe Biden, which is that his son, Hunter, was there when he was addicted to crack and in a downward spiral. He was living in the house when the documents were in the garage. That could be a problem. For two reasons. One, Hunter Biden, always trying to make some money off his father's names and connections, had a lot of shady foreign associates. To which Chuck Todd doesn't have a doesn't have a thought at all in his head about for some reason. Did you catch the Yeah, there was an interview he had with uh, Ron Senator Ron Johnson and and Chuck Todd. Like I don't know what happened to him, but I mean he just uh, I mean, he just came off as a completely partisan hack in this uh, argument. And and Johnson said that to him. He said, you know, you didn't come on. You, you didn't have me on your show here to uh, to interview me. You've you came. You have me here to argue with me. And he's exactly right. And Chuck Todd on what's his show? Meet the press. Right. He says. Um. What's wrong with trying to make money on your name? That's what he said. That was the question Chuck Todd threw at Senator Ron Johnson. I mean, really, what's wrong with someone trying to make money off of their family name? So these aren't the Kardashians, you moron. So Hunter Biden, trying to make money off his father's names and connections, lots of shady foreign associates. Number two, Hunter had what you might call a mm, lax attitude towards information security. After all, he did leave a laptop filled with all sorts of information at a repair shop and never returned to claim it, leading to more problems than anyone could have imagined. Everything the public knows about the classified documents has come from the Biden team, and now it's a good bet that the appointment of a special counsel is going to make information even harder to come by. The existence of a special investigation into Biden's handling of the documents will allow the White House to refuse to answer any reasonable questions about the investigation. In fact, we saw this on Friday, where the White House uh, Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, 
where she was just saying, oh, I refer you to the DOJ. We're not going to make any comments. I refer you to the DOJ. I'm not going to make any comments. So special counsel investigations make it harder, not easier, for the public to know what's going on. Over at The Guardian, lefty uh, publication out of the UK, David Smith says that, oh, no, this is really a big win for Trump. <laughs> this is Trump. The question's deepened on Saturday when the White House lawyer Richard Sauber revealed that a total of six pages of classified documents had been found in Biden's personal library in Wilmington. Look, by the way, what did I say on Thursday, Friday? I forget which day. Forget which day they found the garage documents. But, And I said that they found another document in the room adjacent to the garage. And I said, I think it's his library. Do we not know that that's his bathroom? It could be the bathroom. And they just call it the library because that's where you do a lot of reading. It's possible. Anyway, White House reporters who have endured lean times since the wildly norm-busting Trump presidency have seized on the day-by-day revelations like hungry lions. There we go. Not Now, it's not just Republicans who are seizing on stuff. The reporters are seizing, too. Operation CZ Pounce is spreading. Two paragraphs later, Trump himself seized on the news. There it is again. Republicans, man, when they're not pouncing, they are seizing. I tell you what. But my favorite part of the piece comes here at the very end. And this is why I will read 300 words of some lefty UK guy. Is because sometimes you get down to the very end and you get something like this. Quote, Republicans are well-practiced in the political art of false equivalence and whataboutism. During the 2016 presidential election campaign, allegations that the Trump campaign was colluding with Russia were effectively neutralized by a controversy over rival Hillary Clinton's private email server. Dude, I know you're in England, but... My God, this stuff is publicly available. There was no collusion. This was fantasy. This is blue anon. This is conspiracy stuff. The allegations the Trump campaign was colluding with Russia were effectively neutralized by her private email server. It was opposition research that came from her, laundered through the FBI and the media, that convinced you that there was collusion. Meanwhile, she's running a private server as Secretary of State and giving files to Huma Abedin, married to the 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 serial mm, grinder account holder. No, 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 not grinder. Sorry, that's no. What's the other one? Match.com. I don't know where he was going. What's the one? Swipe left, swipe right, and you pick up. Tinder. Thank you very much. Tinder. I don't know why I blanked on the name. Yeah. Anthony Weiner, the Tinder guy who was hitting on some uh, Gastonia teenager, and that, yeah, led to their divorce. But, yeah, the laptop that he had access to, that he was surfing for, you know, kids, teenage girls on the interweb on Tinder, that do- or that laptop had... The documents there, too. Uma Abedin, or no, uh, Cheryl Mills, I believe her name was, right? The lawyer. Wasn't it Cheryl Mills who left some of these documents in her car seat? 
The smoking gun on Hillary Clinton was the existence of the server. Good Lord. This guy, man, I'll tell you, but here's the thing, like, you know, he's like, you know, no one's going to tell him that. There isn't anybody in his circle of friends that's going to be like, dude, you know, you got this completely bass ackwards, right? Did you know that? Okay. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let me go over here to Mark. Welcome to the program. Hello, Mark. Hello, Pete. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to put this in um, where people can understand if they take in a high school uh, consumer law class. You were comparing or comparing the similarities between um, the Hunter Biden laptop being left at, at a repair shop properly, you know, and properly all registered with the state and that. That repair person taking a image of the drive and then looking under the in, in in control conditions is perfectly fine under the under the uniform commercial code in the United States. And he found obscenity on it. He was obligated to notify the FBI. Now with the uh, mom and pop uh, redirecting. Uh, Former Madam Secretary Secretary of State, looking at state, looking at government emails redirected to a private server in a modified bathroom closet of a similar shop or a business operated under the home that technically could be argued as destruction of government documents. Right. Well, the, because the the purpose. And this is why I say the smoking gun is the server, because the only reason you have your own server to do this kind of uh, uh, emailing is so you can destroy permanently. That's the point. That's the benefit. Otherwise, why aren't you just using Gmail or something? Um, um, you have to remember that there are that uh, slowly and surely uh, we have to look at the uh, innovations of security to make sure that the person accessing their emails for United States government business is the person at the terminal, I mean, at the client, accessing the network on the server. Uh, and that, so... Um, right, but this wasn't just her setting up a domain name, right? Uh, you know, uh, at the Clintons.com or something, right? It wasn't simply yeah, it could a... Have been a forward, yeah, it could have been forwarding. Right, but yeah, right. This bad. went beyond just just buying a domain name and setting up an email. This was creation of an actual server because it, it because if I'm just setting up a domain name and somebody comes along and says, "All right, Pete, you know, here's a subpoena. We want to see everything you've ever written." They, they could get access to that stuff because I don't have control over that server. But that's correct, right? But yeah. but by maintaining control of the server, they can then dispose of all of the stuff they want to dispose of, like you know. Uh, Chelsea Clinton's seating chart at the wedding ceremony, because that's what we were told was, and her yoga schedule, right? That's the only thing that she used the uh, the accounts for. So, Mark, I like to say what I like to say one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. The uh, it's free. How to wipe a server? Like with a cloth? Wipe... No, with free <laughs> software. Right. No, I got or you. military military grade erasure. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, when that, and, and just to be sure, yeah, just to be sure, then you uh, you take some hammers to it as well. That's uh, the with a cloth and then some hammers. Mark, I appreciate the call. 
Uh, let me get a, a Jim on before the uh, newscast here. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey. Thank you. I listen to you every day. Thank you, sir. I've been, you know, nothing surprises me what goes on in Washington anymore. And I know with the hatred they have for Trump and the, the ones that don't want Biden to run in 24, there's a perfect way to get rid of both of them. And you're not making Trump a sacrificial lamb. Is that you had the documents? It's against the law. You committed a crime. Now neither of you can run for office. That is one of the penalties for mishandling this information. Is I think you you are barred from running, and you, um, and you may even lose your office over stuff like this. Uh, yeah. Obviously, not the case for uh, for Trump, but the case for Biden. Uh, but yeah. I, the difference is like, are, are you, so are you suggesting that? There's some sort of nefariousness afoot where somebody has planted documents or something. Yeah, for it, not for Trump. I mean, they were arguing over Trump's. No, but but for this, Biden. This way here, you, you get Biden, and this way you're not uh, just making Trump yeah. the sacrificial lamp, and you're still going after him. Yeah, I think Joe Biden is probably wholly responsible for um, for taking the documents. I don't know what they are. Uh, if not Biden, then probably someone on his staff boxing stuff up. That's just a guess. I don't know. And we're not going to know until we know what the documents are, basically. Right. So nobody nobody knows which is worse than the other because we don't know what's in either batch of the documents, either the Trump files or the Biden files. Uh, Jim, I appreciate the call. That's really the key here. What's in the files? What are the documents? What are they related to? Everything else is speculation. Thank <laughs> you.